0: Uh oh, Aaron, shave. That's not good.
1: There's not really anything positive whatsoever,
0: dude. It, at this point, it's like, are we even gonna make the playoffs when almost
2: everyone... six? The Blake Street banter, where one of us know what the word banter means, and the other two are just along for the ride. We're gonna jump right into this. Can I get a what up from Jade?
0: What
1: up, Kurt? Say hi. Hi.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there has been some. Stuff happening around baseball, not even in the Rockies with the umpire and Freeland. We had an announcer say the F word, not the F word you think, but he said it live TV about the capital of the world. What yeah. an
0: idiot. Um, I just don't understand how you could have a microphone anywhere around you and just not assume that it's hot all the time. It's like people with gun safety, like just assume it's loaded and don't be stupid same thing with a mic like just assume it's hot and don't say anything stupid and he failed miserably
1: yeah exactly like i mean even if like if you're at work why are you even saying anything like that to anybody like that's just gonna get you fired no matter what so i don't be is fired they just suspended him indefinitely i mean he's gonna get fired but that's i'm just I'm, I'm over it like just get that out of here. We don't need to be using words like that at this point. Like, if I see anything like racist, homophobic, whatsoever, like on Facebook or whatever, like I'm just blocking people. Like, it's, I'm done with it. Like
2: seriously, like at this point, you shouldn't be educated. You should know better. Like, you're a grown ass man. Like, you've been doing this, I think, thirty plus years doing the same job. You should know what you're doing. And then the fact that he tried—I hate this piece. Like. I am a man of faith, man. You're not a man of faith. If you're saying that, like you have faith, but you can't be with faith. Like it can't stop you from saying mean things. Like don't use that as a scapegoat, shut your mouth, be a nice person. Don't be a jerk.
0: Jerk. Yeah. And then he comes out with a halfway apology and says,
2: Nick Castellanos.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm never going to put this headset on again. And Castellanos hits the most awkward, home run of all time. Holland takes over on the mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. Uh, That was like a train wreck. And me as a really, like, empathetic person, there's a very small side that, like, makes you kind of feel bad that the guy's going to lose his job. But I was bouncing around Reddit a little bit. And the way that Reds fans have – sounds like this is – the status quo with this guy that he's uh, he's smug Uh, red reds fans they think it's a chore to watch the games because of him so just sounds like it's a it's a win if they get rid of this guy
2: you're welcome Reds fans for having a a homophobic announcer finally come out right others the shot heard around the world finally baseball's on the map and we're not going to touch on it a lot because we don't have a lot of insight baseball is fun again right Tatis, 3-0 count, misses the, the take sign, hits a bomb, goes up 11. Rangers are mad, throw behind Machado, which I thought was BS, and just pout. And then the Padres just decide to hit Grand slams for the next three days, which is kind of a, a nice little fu to the Rangers. As a Rockies fan, I absolutely fucking hate it. Like, stop it. No more keep having fun but do it when you lose please not doing this to win game.
0: the only part that i really enjoy from this whole thing i don't care about the unwritten rules and 3-0 and all that like if you see it hit it do whatever but the fact that the rangers got pissed off about it and then the very next night machado walks them off with a grand slam that was that was kind of cool just a nice little exclamation mark to just shut up and play
1: Dude, just, just from, like, an outside perspective, looking into baseball, I feel like it. this is kind of why kind of, like, the outside fans hate on it. It's just these stupid little, like, bantering, um, just childish – they're just being children out there. Like, dude, if if you're going a pitch whatsoever and you're in the big leagues, hit that. Hit it out, dude. Like, who cares what count it is? Like, Quit this whole I I mean, even like honestly in the league that I play in, just old man's ball, like we stop stealing when we're up a certain amount of runs. It's like, no, like I'm here to play, I'm here to win, I'm not here to make friends, like let's just play ball. And if you want it you want me to stop, then stop me throwing the right pitch or you know, whatever. But this whole like unwritten rule stuff, like get out of here with that.
2: I mean, it just goes back to the competitive nature and what I used to tell you guys as my players is get out there and don't suck. Like, if you suck, you have every, everything that happens to you deserves it. So be better, do your job, which is throwing the ball, throwing strikes past people, and not letting them hit a 3-0 count. Don't get yourself in that position. If you do, don't whine about it, get over it, be better. It's that simple.
0: It's like when you're, when you're up – if if you're a winning team and you're up by a lot and then you make, like, a dirty play, like slide in with cleats up or something like that, then they have a legitimate gripe to, like, be pissed off about it. But if you're out there just playing and you can't stop them, that's on you.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And then the other, the other shot I heard around the Rockies world was Rod, Rob Robert Drake and our guy, big Kyle Freeland guys here. Uh, kind of going back and forth umpire trying to insert himself into a situation trying to be bigger than the game and Kyle Freeland's just showing emotion again let the kids play right MLB you say that right and here you are having an umpire that just goes out of his way to make sure the kids cannot play I do not want to know an umpire's name it's that simple
0: yeah if you know the umpire's name then you know something something drastically wrong happened so Freeland's just showing emotion and uh, that's what we like but umpires egos are just way too high I don't know if it's training or what it, what it is but egos are out of control with umpires
1: yeah it's it's stupid like just just call the game how it's supposed to be called like get get your ego out of there again it just kind of fall i mean it's the same with the NBA where like certain players are getting calls and like games are decided by the refs and it just takes it takes away from from what it is like who cares what their name is or what happened prior to that? Just call it how it is.
2: Exactly. Keep, keep anonymous. We don't want to know who you are. And the next last thing around baseball is the Coors effect is back in the conversation around baseball. Mr. Bauer has his, his podcast, Bauer Bites, his YouTube channel, Bauer Bites, and had a, a roundtable t- round conversation with our boy, Daddy Murph, Chuck Nasty, some other guy, I don't know, and um, Diedrich, the other guy's rough shot we just don't like to say his name here, and they were discussing, just having a conversation, which was really cool, Dietrich and um, Blackman were college roommates at Georgia Tech, which I didn't know, and they talked to, Blackman was honest about the Coors effect. And how it actually affects you outside of Coors more than it does in Coors. You have to be a ball player to be able to go into Coors constantly. Like, what did he say there?
0: He, to sum it up, he says that uh, it is a hitter's park. It benefits the hitters, which is something that we all agreed with from the start anyway. But he makes the point that an elite athlete, you're really in touch with your body. So when you leave altitude, you struggle when you're on the road because your body's just taking a toll and altitude takes a couple weeks to get used to, but you're never there for more than a couple weeks. You're there for a week for a homestand, two weeks tops, and then you're on the road again and then you're doing the whole adjustment. So uh, he just talks about how it's such a battle on your body going back and forth.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. how he brought up the, the uh, like cardio endurance part of it um, that people, a lot of people don't really think about that. And um, you know, Derek Dietrich was saying in there how like, he would take the pros and cons of Coors Field just to be able to hit there more regularly. And Blackman was just like, um, whatever you gain at home, you're going to lose on the road. And that just kind of sums up the, the massive splits that you continue to see. And also explains a lot like a guy like DJ, how he goes to New York and both of those home and roads just kind of close in together. And there's just there's way less adjustment, and even Trevor Bauer, how uh, he said he said he pitched I think one game there, and he even noticed just from throwing a fastball how much it broke differently, and just it's just really cool to hear because it really kind of puts it in perspective from somebody who actually experiences it and knows what it's like, and it makes a lot of sense why pitchers often struggle there and hitters like we. Suck when we go to L.A. right after a home stand.
0: It's just because what they do is people that use the Coors effect more than they should is they say, well, the road numbers are their true hitting numbers. But they make the excellent point in that podcast that exactly what you gain at home, you lose on the road. So it's the answer is somewhere in the middle. So you're not as a lead hitter as Coors Field might project you to be, but you're not as bad as what the road splits say you are either. So the answer is somewhere in the middle. Uh, and I think that's something that we've all said all along.
2: Yeah, if you want to check out the episodes about two or three episodes ago, and we it's titled Coors Effect. If you want to dive into it, into it with us, we all said like the adjustment going to a pitcher's ballpark was a big deal for Coors hitters, for Rockies hitters, and now you add this extra element that we weren't aware of because we're not professional athletes. That Blackman says you're going from altitude, a mile high, literally to four stadiums that are at sea level like diamondback san diego la who's the other team we play
1: san francisco
2: san francisco like you have four teams at sea level and we're at mile high and the ball adjusts differently so the players have to adjust differently like there's a reason that marathoners and these high endurance athletes come and train up in boulder up in denver To make themselves better it just it's one of those things that you don't really think about and we've been Rockies fans for 23 25 years now probably a little bit more i should be better versed on that but and that's not just something you hear about so thank you to trevor bauer for allowing that to happen and thank you chuck nasty for having that conversation and thank you brian shaw for not saying anything ridiculous in that moment yeah i I, feel good
1: it's pretty it's pretty Interesting, just because you know, I'm a diehard Colorado fan, like through, through every sport. And generally, our team playing in Denver is an advantage home and away because you're, they're constantly training there. But baseball is just totally different because you go weeks on end without coming back home and you're not like flying in for, for a week training and then going to your game. So it's just a totally different aspect that I didn't even really think about.
2: Yeah, it was a really fun, really fun listen, to. That was my first bite of Bauer Bites, and it was a fun listen. I, I appreciate it, uh, which, yeah, just it was, it was cool. Houston Astros series. We guess we played two series. I was thinking about this. Did we play two series or one series? But they're counted as two. We lost two series of two games to the Astros. Um, first series was a pitcher's duel. We lost each game one to two. Our first extra innings match. Uh, which we'll get into it. And then the slugfest that was the last two days. And I don't know about you guys, but there's so much th- to be hopeful for. We have so many good things happening right now. Ramal Tapia is doing his thing. Our boy B-Rod, let's go Brendan. Finally got the call up. Like, there's so many things that are fun to watch. Ryan McMahon's at first. We finally got a good first de- uh, baseman defensively. He got the hops. I'm pretty sure LeBron James calling for Space Jam 2 callbacks. Like, we have things to be excited about, but we have yet to play a full game together, pitching, hitting, defense. It just hasn't clicked yet.
0: Yeah, I wish your enthusiasm was uh, shared over here, but it's uh, not. That whole series was just one big ass-kicking after another, and it just felt – the worst part about it is that it's against the Astros because of what's happened in the past – watching them celebrate and be happy about things it has like just this underneath under this undertone that it, it just doesn't feel right. It feels gross. when you watch these guys celebrate. I mean, even now, uh, with all that stuff being in the past, you know, the commissioner made a report, so, you know, that's it. Right. But, uh, it's just, it, it's, it was hard to watch all the way around. And then nothing, we never even really did anything to instigate, Anything, which we can't, but at the same time as a fan, like you kind of are hoping something kind of pops off.
1: Yeah, it was was tough to watch. There are some positives of it. I mean, at the end of the day, we did play well in certain aspects every game. It's just every game we either, you know, couldn't hit worth anything and we pitched really well or we just got shelled and couldn't hit or – You know, we can hit, but we can't pitch. And it's just, it's frustrating. But uh, another guy that stood out was Sensatella. He had an amazing start. Um, So uh, going into L.A., I'm kind of hoping he keeps up because we got him coming up. And at the end of the day, it sucks, but we can make up a lot of ground if we come into L.A. and play hot. So it's not over, but it's just, it was frustrating to watch you guys kind
2: of sound like Rockies' Twitter today popped on there there's so many negative negative people like this is why we are Rockies fan here we go again blah 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 i give up i'm going to boycott the Rockies and i i i appreciate it like sports are back right like we're finally at this point at this pandemic worldwide pandemic covid-19 uh stuff that sports are finally here. Like we are having these conversations. We are having these emotions that so many of us get away with and like feed off of and sports are back, baby. We're good. We're in fourth place. I'm sad, but I also have hope. And I, there's, there's more to this right now. And I have stuff to look forward to every single night. And it, it, that makes me happy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I actually thought about that today even was just like, man, like, that's so nice that at least I can come home and watch a game. Like bare minimum. And, you know, it it does go back to, we've just been through this so many years where we get off to a good start. And it's the same thing. We're like, we're not really a bad team. We just can't put it together in the same game for the rest of the year. And we just collapse. And it's, it's the same thing, but there's still time. So It's just not a lot of time. (laughs)
0: 25% of the way through the season, we're in first place. And so everybody's, you know, feeling really great. And now you've lost four in a row. Uh, I think we've lost six out of the last eight or something like that. And now it looks like, are we, can we even make the playoffs where half the league is going to make the playoffs? Can we at least manage that still? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but it, it does come back to that feeling as a Rockies fan that, uh, okay, here's the turn, because we always do start off great and then and then you hit that stretch and it's downhill from there. So it's gonna be curious to see if this is it or not.
2: This isn't it. Our best hitters hitting under two fifty, I think. Two forty seven mark, I believe. If our best hitter's hitting two forty seven, I mean he's gonna figure it out, right? He had he had he looked really good at the plate today. So there's hope, all right. There's hope. We play some pretty good teams coming up, L.A., Diamondbacks, Padres. Um, this L.A. series, I'm excited about. I'm not going to go down that, that road. I am going to stay stay up, stay excited, uh, because going into Dodger Stadium never goes well for the
0: Rockies. Just, yeah, this it's is, just pitching. It's just pitching right now that's, that's so wildly inconsistent. Hitting is going to come around – uh Noto's gonna come around. We'll get our hits in, but pitching's gotta, gotta straighten it out.
1: Yeah, this is this is the stretch right here. This is like the season is these next two weeks, really. Um if you think about it, like when we've been falling apart, we you know lost the last game to the Mariners, the Rangers was rough, and the Astros. You know, those are all AL teams. It's not gonna kill us, and we're still in it. But this next two weeks. You know, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres. We gotta, we gotta get hot now. Like this is, this is it right here.
2: We going into LA is always, always a fun one, right? And this is the moment. Like this is the stretch that we've got to get it together. Uh, like you said, we're facing, we've lost the teams that we don't normally face, so it's kind of bearable. Now the rivalry kicks in. Now the sports kick in. Now we have something to get mad at. I can't wait to go back and forth with Dodger fans and tell them, hey, be quiet, please. You lost a whole bunch of World Series. Hey, we made the World Series. That's fine. You still cheated, but you just didn't get caught. Uh, and it's this thing, like, sports are back. And I just can't wait to see Nato drop dick about 100 times in, in Dodger Stadium, which is arguably the worst stadium in the entire league. I don't know if you guys have – I know Kirk's been there. I hated it. The sight lines are horrible. The fans are not very nice. And everything is a million dollars. A hot dog is 15 bones. A beer, like a little 12-ounce, less than this, was 12 bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're in a fucking valley on a mountain. It's a mountain yeah. in a valley. Can't even decide what they want to do. Dodger Stadium sucks.
1: <laughs> being a rockies fan living in california that's that's you know i look forward to that every year going to la and watching those games and it's can i'm sure it's not because of the stadium <laughs> but um i think i honestly don't know if i've seen the rockies win there so maybe it's good i can't go i think i'm literally like 0 for 8 going there like we just never play well there no matter what and it's uh man yeah it's i don't i don't I get nervous every time we go there because it's, it's never good. But now's the time, and I I do like that we got we got Gray, Freeland, and Senzatella coming off that hot start. So these are three guys that I would I would want right now, especially after Herman's horrible day today. Um, but it'll be interesting because they got uh, Bueller, and I'm kind of excited to watch Dustin May as well.
2: Dude's electric. I mean, yeah. His stuff is so much fun to watch.
0: The last time we played well there was September 2017. I think we took two out of three. And uh, the series where Chris Russon and um, Justin Turner had their little back and forth between his his quick pitching.
2: Oh, yeah. The quick pitch BS. The unwritten rules.
0: Yeah, that was the the last one I had watching in L.A.
1: I went to a game last year. It was Walker Buehler, and he had a three-hit complete game. Um, we did score two runs, but he just absolutely dominated us. Um, and I I, I was kind of curious, and I looked up, looked up Walker Buehler, and he was four and one. We were four and one when he started last year. So that's – I'm kind of nervous about that. He's not playing as well this year, but it's just going into L.A., so <laughs> – going into L.A.,
2: especially after being at home through the last two games, so that Coors effect is going to hit a little bit. Um, there are, as much as I hate the team that are the Dodgers, I do like some of their players, like watching some of their players. Like I always try to find one person on each team that I can just watch and kind of somewhat be a fan of, you know, just as a baseball fan. And I'm kind of excited about seeing Mookie bets just play. And just be a ball player because he's, he's good and it's, it's fun watching good baseball, hopefully beat good baseball, but Mookie Best is the one the guy I'm watching this week on the Dodgers team.
1: Yeah, there's nothing to not like about Mookie besides what team he plays for right now. Like he just plays hard. He's good. He can, he's just amazing defense. He's definitely their stud this year, especially with Bellinger. I think he's still hitting under two hundred. That was so.
2: troubling. Who's the rocky we're watching for?
1: Is it Tapia? Do we do we
0: assume that he's just going to keep rolling?
2: I mean, he's been hot the last ten days. His August his August um, batting average is the second highest on the team, right behind um, Charlie Blackman. He's at, like, he's, sub, he's above 500 or 400.
1: Yeah, Tapia is, is doing great right now. The player to watch for me is just Brandon Rogers. I've just been wanting to watch him. I don't know how good he's going to do. I think he was over five today. But um, it'd be cool to see him heat up and kind of carry us a little bit.
2: Yeah, our boy b Rodge, he was pressing a little bit today. Last night he had well. He, he had that uh, RBI single, two RBI single late in the game last night. But today he had some clutch moments, and you could just tell he was he was lost. He was he was pressing. He wasn't sure of what was going to happen. He did get through on one of the strikeouts, but that might have messed with his mental because I think I was at bat number one. But, yeah, Brandon Rogers is our dude. If you want to follow our Twitter, will you be following him all weekend? Every at-bat, every play he makes. We are the Blake Street Banter. We are officially nervous. Sucks losing to the asterisks because they are just a horribly disgusting franchise like the Reds announcer, and it's just not fair that we have to talk about both of those guys this this episode. Blake Street Banter is out. One of us know what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Go Rocks!